so you could logistically fuck the wineries go to go to the Safeway in the middle of Napa and right next door yeah. is the Bevmo and you can actually have a fun time it's actually a fun afternoon because not yeah. only do both places have wine tastings they have extensive extensive selections and then you can compare prices from store to store and actually get the better deal yeah yeah and okay. it's great stuff okay I'm sorry I know no, 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 I just want to add something to this because this is something I do as a career uh, or as a job whatever you want to look at it as um, I think it's like Napa God Napa is like such a weird micro of a very large world of wine and I don't want people to think it represents like how most wine is produced because like most wine in the world you know you go to like some small producer it's their house you know it's like what their family's been doing for a long time you know they're kind of scraping by they're not making tons of money they're down to earth people they'll invite you in they'll feed you some charcuterie you know they'll pour some awesome wine that's like you know whatever they have around and that's how you know it's not bougie it's not like you know kind of ridiculous uh, I think there's just been so much money infused in Napa that it's like now the only people who have wineries or can buy wineries there now are like CEOs of Doritos or right. like former tech millionaires and so you get that in there and then it, you know money changes a lot of things Sonoma's a little better depending on where you go especially if you get out to the coast like you just there are good people out there that's why I don't really like pursue the career with that much force anymore is because it's like I just don't want to wade through all the kind of uh, ridiculous uh, myopic like uber rich people that like sure. that's all that they're just kind of like oh oakland is scary why would you go there yeah like, right well dry creek valley i always enjoyed very much and healdsburg kind of the northern sonoma e areas yeah, yeah. yeah why what but what but i almost i almost got into selling wine in my early 30s uh being a wine merchant for a large distributor what what made you go and I love fucking wine, but what made you go like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to be a sommelier. Uh, whew, yeah. I, you know, I'm the type of person that takes a little bit of backstory. The type of person who's like, I've, I float around between a lot of things. Like, what do I want to do? You know, like in college, of course, like a lot of people, I pursued a lot of different interests. Uh, I was originally working towards a degree in political science and history, and Oof. wanted to work. Make money someday. So you dumped that shit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Some people actually are idealists. At least I was an idealist at the time. You know, I want. I know, I know. <laughs> he booed at you me. You got a boo. Uh, I got a boo. Uh... It, but you know like I was insane I was really like if you talked to me like you would have been like you are way too intense like you gotta calm down a bit because uh, I was about like, history and politics and about, about yeah civil and, like, rights changing and... the world and like that you know the economic structure is not fair to people having you know grown up in a household that you know struggled with debt especially and then you know buying food and whatever um you know, like it's a personal thing for me. And so I felt like as an intelligent person, it was my responsibility to like sacrifice my own happiness in order to help others. But you know, well, that's you, very Jesus like, yeah, it's a bit extreme at the time. Uh, but I, oh, I you but can't, that's so nice. You were trying yeah, to save everybody, but it's like, you can't sustain that. Cause I wasn't happy and I was eating, I was popping Vicodins like Tic Tacs. Oh. And so I had a problem, you know, you were and, giving so much of yourself that you weren't giving yourself anything. Exactly. I crashed and burned and, and then I went back to the restaurant industry because I've worked in and out of the restaurant industry since I was 18 and uh, yeah you know I just like after kind of like basically 
hitting rock bottom and like dissolving my identity, you know, I was like rebuilding that. I kind of stumbled into it. And, you have to uh, back up. What happened there? You, uh, I mean, where, what is rock bottom for you? Were you? It was the Vicodin? Was the opiates? Uh, it went way further than that. I won't get into too much detail, but let's just say like I burned through like 10000 in about six months. That's like a lot of my student loan money that I took out. Wow. I, uh, I like had a falling out with some friends that kind of like basically in between that and like. But it was drugs. It wasn't gambling or something like that. No, it was drugs. It was, it was drugs. drugs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which Cause, because you were trying to escape from something? Yeah, I would say, I mean, like a lot of people, I think that's the case, you know, I just wanted to feel good. I think, especially with opiates, it started as, like, I have anxiety problems, and uh, it started as the one thing, I was like, oh, wow, that just, like, I'm not anxious at all, I'm sure. comfortable, I can talk to people, I'm friendly, I'm fun, like, just things are popping off the top of my head, you know, like I should be able to do when I can, like, ease my uptightness, um, and then it just, then... I, because of what was happening in my life and realizing that I didn't want to pursue this career in politics, I didn't like the people that I was quote-unquote friends with. Um, I realized that they weren't really going to have my back. And then, like, a longtime friend kind of betrayed me for a girl that I dated in high school. Like, high school love story, whatever. You, you're just a drama magnet. I know, I know. Yeah, well, you know, that's, I guess, my personality. Uh, I am an Aries. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, right. I don't know what that means. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, just everything kind of, like, clicked in at the same point, And I just went off the deep end. And I had some, I had a couple people that I used to work with who were, like, kind of in that world. And so I went very, very deep and uh, uh, went to jail very briefly. <gasps> really? Yeah, I got deferred education, luckily enough. Um, I still have an arrest on my record, but I can get it expunged. I'm telling a lot right now. Yeah, you are. Hey, I have, hey. I've been arrested. Ain't no shame in the game. No, 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 I yeah. had a DUI. I mean, there's... There's all kinds of things yeah. happen. But I still had, uh, you know, it was. It took like another year before I really like, you know, my mom had a brain aneurysm and I realized like I may have Whoa. to be responsible. Yeah, I have a little sister too. So I was like, I may have to be responsible for another person. Sure. Like, I need to get my shit together. Oh, aneurysms are so weird. They come out of nowhere. One of my buddies, crazy. One yeah. of my buddies was 42 and he died of an aneurysm. He was alive and then his wife found him dead. Nothing, no change. He just, she came home and he was slumped over his computer and she was like, oh. Yeah, it was, he was gone, and there was no. And the doctor said there was nothing she could have known. There's nothing they could have done. He would just been to the doctor two months ago. They didn't see anything. Nothing was anything. It just happens. Yeah, it's like this crazy much. silent killer, and you're like, what? Like, yeah. maybe it's a good way to go though, because it's so quick. It's like all of a sudden, poof, you know, the big bright light comes. You see God, and you're gone. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was uh, my sister's birthday, and like. <gasps> I was outside smoking a cigarette, and then uh, we were at her friend's house, and they're like, hey, something's wrong with your mom, and I come in, and she's on the ground, uh, went to the hospital, had brain surgery, all that, and they said out of the type of uh, uh, aneurysm she had, like 50% of people die immediately, and then like out of those people that make it, 50% of people have major traumatic brain injuries because um, it's called because a brain aneurysm is another word for a stroke yeah well it's it's similar it's a brain bleed essentially uh, you know so you get blood on your brain which you're not supposed to have and then that causes that. you to uh, it basically shuts a bunch of shit down so sure. um which can vary depending on where it happens in your brain. Uh, but yeah, whereas uh, a stroke is a blockage, so you're not getting oxygen to that portion oh. of the brain. So that's why it's easier. More people survive strokes typically than aneurysms. Uh, not, I don't know exact numbers on that, because but I'm not the, a doctor. Right, because <laughs> of the weird blood seeping through yeah. all your little cranial bits. Yeah, anyway, but so, so uh, you know, that kind of like forced me into a perspective where I was like, all right, I'm an adult. I need to act like an adult. I need to get my shit together. And like, I'm hurt 
hurting everyone else around me. So I got clean. I started working at a restaurant. Did you use Jesus to get clean? No. no, Not at all. What about 12-step program? I do not like 12-step programs. AA, you were like, fuck it. No higher power. Fuck the higher power. I can do this on my own. I mean, This is me problem. I'm not submitting to a higher power. I'm not going to say I'm powerless to drugs. I'm going to say I do have power against drugs, and I'm going to make choices to not do them anymore. That's a big part of it. It's kind of like the opposite of AA. Yeah, that's a big part of AA that bothered me in NA was that you have to submit. It's a submission. Yeah, that's the very first step is you have to admit that you're powerless over the the drug has power yeah. over you and you are a powerless human being and uh, choose exactly. one. Exactly. I think your your power ranges depending on the, the day of the week. I think some days you are <laughs> in control and some days you're not. And it's your job to be aware when you're slipping and then just do whatever you can to prevent you from making the wrong decision in that moment. Peanut Gallery Zach Wiseman has a comment about drugs. Uh, never stop doing them. This guy's a loser. Not <laughs> Uh, no, I think a lot of drug problem comes with from like uh, not teaching people coping mechanisms, and um, yeah. that submission to like a higher power thing isn't necessarily like I didn't understand this for a long time because uh, it they push it as God, yeah. but like uh, I do a lot of hallucinogens, so I understand it in that fashion. Like, and also so did the uh, the whoever the founders of AA, they were very uh, yeah. acid guys, and it's like. Uh, it's realizing that you're a fucking puny thing and that these problems are kind of minuscule. It's like a framing thing, more or less, you know? And I don't think, I mean, you don't need a God thing, but it is, it's good for your mental health for whatever reason. Yeah. To have a God thing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's good for your mental health to have a God thing? Yeah. I think that real. varies. I think it varies person to person. I Also, uh, God to God. Like, uh, okay, the tr- Christian God, uh, he loves you no matter what, you know, all loving, blah, blah, blah. To think, like, this is what I do to get good at stuff. I hate myself, and I make something, and it's good, but it's not that good, and I could do better, you piece of shit. You better fucking do better, uh, and that makes me get better. I get better at stuff, but I'm also miserable. Sounds like the voice of uh, a dad, possibly. Yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, that's maybe, like a stepdad for me. Yeah. But um, if you take that same equation, and then you put an all-loving God in there, it, it like, totally dissipates all the fucking, like, hate I have for myself, because this yeah. guy loves me, and I'm, you know, doing, and he's fine with it, and it's like a, it's like a little loophole in that system. Yeah. Listen, I'm no Bill Maher. I'm not, like, anti-people's belief in religion. And, and I think AA works for people who use AA. That, I was just saying, personally, for me... Actually, like, good good job. That good was job. my thought process at the time and still today. Now, I definitely embrace therapy as an option. Having somebody else who is a, a rational, sensible person kind of being able to give you a perspective on what's going on in your life and be like, okay, you know, just as a metric, uh, that's fucked up. You need to do, like, not in that is language. Is that how you got out of the hole? Was through therapy? No, no, actually. It was just, I just you. You bootstrapped I just did it. On my own. You I fucking bootstrapped it. it. You're like, yeah. I'm going to get this done. Yeah. That's insane. But I don't know if you that's necessarily the best way to do it. You know, sure. like, But it worked for you. Like, I want to take therapy now, but it's every time I've tried to go to a therapist, I've always been very dissatisfied with the results. Like, I went to a therapist in college and she just, like, stared at me vacantly <laughs> I went to like a, a child therapist after my grandmother died it was like kind of like oh everything's gonna be all right I was like I never really like I went to a couple therapists uh, since then and it's just like the, with, it never clicked but the thing is like rather than give up on it I just need to find the right person sure you know? sure I think a lot of therapists like voyeurs or just like too supportive which doesn't help you yeah know, if you're all everything's good then why am I fucking here? Yeah, why, yeah, yeah, exactly. why am I giving you 175 dollars an hour if everything is great yeah I don't want it's okay I want like okay here yeah you have a problem but you know let's talk about it and here's like a 
constructive way to look at the world. Yeah. You know? So wine, good, opiates, bad. How much wine do you say you drink? <laughs> wine is your job. I mean, that's why I couldn't ever be in the wine industry yeah. is I, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm a drunk. Yeah. So like I love, I fucking love, I love drinking. I love day drinking. Yeah. I love drinking for 14 hours at a time. I love it when I can start in the morning at like 11 with some whiskey and coffee and I just kind of go whiskey and water and then I start to beer and then when the sun goes down, I don't drink any more whiskey and I can drink all day long. And even almost until like 11, 12 at night, I'm a little older now, so maybe we'll say 10. So I can do like, you know, 11 hours of solid drinking and I love it. <laughs> uh, but I don't think I have a problem because I, mean, I, I, I don't do it all the time. But you switched like how much if that's why I couldn't have a job because I'd be like, I'd constantly drink wine. Yeah. I just, I, I fucking love that shit. So your addictive personality didn't bleed over into alcohol? No. Well, here's the, well, for a couple reasons. Do you think it was situational? It it's, mostly? No, it's just really specific to opiates. I think okay. it's really specific yeah, to opiates. I, like everybody, I, not everybody, some people have a drug of choice, DOC, yeah. if mm-hmm. you've heard the acronym. Um, and that was mine. That was right, mine. Yeah, so, yeah. and that's my weakness, you know, and not that I haven't done other drugs habitually, but I've never been like, I can't control it. You right. know, uh-huh. I just this love is it like, so much. I can't control it. Right. You know? So, and that's why it's, why it's dangerous with alcohol specifically like I like the negative effects outweigh the positive effects for me so and much immediate specifically the feeling like shit and like hangovers hit me really hard and really quickly like I could be drinking and already start having a headache Oof. like even after a couple hours of drinking Oof. now I like to drink a little bit I like I feel like uh, just like a little bit of alcohol kind of like you know loosens me up just the right amount mm. you know I feel I feel comfortable um but like too much just it takes it too far for me so yeah. I, that's that's why i've been able to control it and honestly this is gonna sound a bit ironic but uh, i don't really drink that much wine anymore mainly because it like gets me way worse of a hangover than anything else sure, so I, the stick tannins. To, I stick to gin i stick to gin mostly and i drink mostly white wine if i do drink wine interesting yeah so what's what what do you recommend to people do you do you like doing it like it's because you're dealing with people that have Lots of money. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, not always. I also work at a wine bar right now, uh-huh. and that, and I like that because it's more casual. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I also do wine tours, and honestly, I, I enjoy that the most right now just because I get, like, a long conversation with people over eight hours versus, like, a short interaction. Sure. But I think if, honestly, if I was going to stay in the industry, I'd rather just, like, open a wine bar and just have it be super casual, low-priced wine. People just come right. and, like, eat and hang out and get a little tipsy and just have, like, it's about the people, not so much the wine, I think. What I recommend to people is based on what they like. I think I know what uh, a balanced wine, like just from studying and drink and like tasting and drinking and educating myself, I know how to evaluate things that are like this is quality and this isn't. But there's like a wide range and like just like comedy, just like art, just like anything. A lot of it's subjective. A lot of it's what you prefer. I think food and drink especially are subjective because everybody has different tastes. Some people like to eat like nothing but asparagus all day long, while other <laughs> people are like, I need a steak immediately. You know, so. Um, you know, what I recommend is like, I just a conversation. I ask them, do you like something like fruit forward or, or dry or whatever? Some basic questions and that kind of gets me Okay, there. so what's like a great uh, $10 bottle of like dry Merlot? Oh, I don't even know Merlots, man. I like I, Merlots are so... Uh, Pinot then, Pinot then. Pinot? Merlot! Yeah, yeah, uh, $10, I don't know. You probably find Deloche. I don't think that's too expensive. The problem with Pinot Deloche. is... Pinot Noir is super expensive right now uh, just because of Randy. a stupid movie called Sideways. Yeah. Uh, 
Not, I mean, I have mixed feelings about the movie. The movie was decently made. You know, Paul Giamatti, love the guy. All right. But, um, you know, basically that killed Merlot, and that basically, like, uh, boosted Pinot sales. So now Pinot, it's, like, impossible to find it for, like, less than $30 a bottle. Sure. If it's, if it's good. But well, you can it's find, also the what? Willamette Valley and the special things where the where yeah. it's, like, coastal but not. Like, the, the, the fog comes in just right yeah. over the wine vines, and it <laughs> makes this perfect climate for the Pinot Noir. Yeah. Honestly, I recommend European wines mostly to people because yeah. you can get por- you get wine from Portugal, you can get wine from Eastern Europe, you get wine from certain areas of Italy. Super cheap, yeah. really quality, great stuff, easy to drink. Like that's that's where I had because they're lesser known areas. The more popular something is, yeah. the more expensive it gets. That's how wine works. And like in another ten years, it'll be something else that's too expensive to buy. So we'll find something else. But like there's an entire world of people growing wine. They're growing wine in Uruguay, Brazil. They're growing wine all over the world right now. Sure. Like some. Else. really great wines. Yeah, yeah. Something else will come along and, 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 and be great and inexpensive. I mean, that's kind of how restaurants work is, you know, you got a bottom line. You need to make money. So you buy something that's, like, cheap but good, and then it gets popular because you have a trendy restaurant, mm-hmm. and then, and then you can't people, buy that anymore. Yeah. And you buy something else. Uh, I just I came back from uh, Italy and, and Greece, and it was amazing how inexpensive wine was at the store. You could spend, yeah. like, three euros on a bottle, and you'd have an amazing bottle. I mean, we were spending, like, I was looking at it, and I'm like, what about this one? It's, it's Euro 50. It was, like, we, yeah. it was insane. The wine was almost cheaper than water. It, it yeah, was, you find garbage wines for, like, 89 euro cents. Yeah, like, it was, like, Jesus. guys, yeah. But it was, I, I was just so impressed. We drank, we drank a lot of wine. Uh, why... Do you think historically has wine been considered sacrificial? And what's the whole thing with Jesus and the blood of him being wine? And what do you, why do you think these rituals sort of have evolved around wine? Well, rituals have always been important. You, you know, Joseph Campbell, I uh-huh, assume. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, big fan of Joseph Campbell. Uh, and, you know, he talks a lot about this as specifically as it as it pertains to uh, uh, Native American or uh, American indigenous tribes. And, uh, you know, and also... Um, any sort of pagan tribes. Uh, ritual is a huge part of religion. The Catholic religion kind of brought in a lot of that as well. And because uh, it is what kind of differentiates normal reality from this like spiritual experience. And so it delineates the difference between I'm just outside eating a sandwich and I'm in here having a moment with God right now. And somebody's <laughs> like connecting us. So that's really what it's about. I think, you know, it could have been anything. Why is it wine? I just think because wine was such a part of Western culture at that point, you know, the Greeks really kind of kicked it off and the Romans kept that up. And then, uh, it just, you know, anywhere where the Romans were, there was wine. And so, you know, uh, spread out all over Europe. Exactly. And then then the Catholics basically took I don't want to say took their place, but well, Roman Catholic came in. And, <laughs> well, came in as the new power structure, somewhat. But what really what happened is, um, you know, the Romans were uh, a a government essentially, a political body, uh, and not a religious one. And like they didn't really care what you did religiously. You know, there are plenty of different gods. Right, Pontius worship. Pilate was like, "You guys want to kill this guy? You want to you gonna call him the king of the Jews? You want to kill him? Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'll do it. Sure." I'm your yeah, man. Sure, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. Whereas, uh, oh God, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So where the Catholics came in and uh, they had divine authority, but there was still like d- different government 
governmental bodies. I mean, not at first, but by the time you get to like a, a, a that 1000 AD, 1066, the Battle of Hastings, you know, and like the Catholic Church has spread out enough, they, you know, the kings are really controlling that area, working with them. But, you know, there were times when they went against the Catholic Church. You know, they had a great schism. You know, you had the false pope. Well, they, he, the one guy wanted to get a divorce from his wife, the king, and he was like, fuck your church. Yeah. I'm going to get a divorce. We're going to call it a new church. Exactly. Your rules are dumb. I'm the king. Whereas if they were like <laughs> the government, then they could just uh, stamp out a rebellion, you know. But they had to rely on the fear of different monarchs to do their bidding. Does knowing history for realsies, because you actually studied it, does it scare the fuck out of you what's going on right now in our world? Uh, I mean, I'm always scared. So, uh, <laughs> you know, like historically speaking, I don't know. Sure. Um, I think what scares me more is uh, w like we were not evolved. You know, I think our ideas may have evolved, but we as emotional people are not evolved and technology has greatly evolved. And I think it's it's evolving faster than we can comprehend it, which mm. means accidents will happen. Mm -hmm. How big those accidents are going to be. I don't know. I know a lot of bad shit's going to happen. But a lot of good shit's going to happen, too. It's just like, do <laughs> yeah. we make it or not? I don't know. This is like the period in society where we determine if the human race continues yeah, or we right fall there. off. I, yeah. I realized the other day we're closer to, like, the biblical fucking apocalypse. than like We have fucking a uh, machine that rips holes in space-time. You know, the, the mark of the beast shit is... I was watching a video, and so uh, Facebook hired uh, one of the, like one of their lead tech people is uh, like a former DARPA uh, mm -hmm. operative, whatever. Yeah. And they said the brain chip is going to be out by 2020. So, like within a year, they're going to be brain chipping people. Brain uh, chipping. Brain chip. What is that? Like neural lace, yeah, like yeah, what yeah. Elon Musk was talking about. Mm -hmm. He's like, like amping up your uh, ability to process information. Shit, to yeah. yeah, the future basically. There's a few different theories as far as like where we go. Do we merge with technology? Does technology supplant us? Does do we like basically become technology, or do we like advance biologically, like through nanotech or something like that? So there's a bunch of competing branches of science right now for like what futurists believe will be. What about what just human race will being like. like human? What about like getting back to like body hair or something? Yeah, you know what I mean? What about like what about embracing you. all like the the organic nature that we've been trying to negate for so long and saying that no negation of this. Let's actually be human and what it means to be human and not try to. What is does uh, hormone does, like, therapy and drug therapy and what, yeah. what about like uh, DNA alteration or gene, gene splicing shit? It's Pandora's box. I'm not into it's that out shit either. I mean, the farthest I'll go is putting, like, baby blood on my face. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that's to, to stay young forever. But I'm not yeah, going to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to, like. But, like, donate it, you know? Gene, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, let's, let's say this. If my buddy. Can't just take was, baby blood. Yeah. Well, right, okay, let's, let's say that, let's say that um, Zach Wiseman got in a horrible accident and they were going to chop his leg off. But uh -huh. if I had a baby and then gave it an abortion and then we could give those stem cells to make you have a leg again, I'd do that. I'd, I'd, I'd have a baby and murder it for Fuck you. Fuck yeah. So that you could. Wow. That's like, dope. That's, that's your that's, baby to murder, you know. Yeah, right, but that's but that's because it's I'm actually using the genetics. I don't want to like take out genes and splice them and blah blah blah. I'm like if if I can give you if I can make cells inside my body with like magic of birth and right. then like somehow scientists can use it to save somebody else my aborted fetus. I'm um, like fuck yeah. So like they don't they're they're finding new places to get stem cells from. So if they don't need stem cells need, from your yeah. baby, would you still kill your baby for me? Depends what you need me to kill it for. Do you need it, or does this? Like I mean, a, I don't want a baby anyway, so like I wouldn't want to just have a baby to kill it. But <laughs> fresh squeezed baby blood—you just stay young forever. All right.
All right, we're we're, we're, we're off the trail. I apologize. I do this. It takes uh, us off the trail. Uh, but, you know, do you think abortions are moralistically wrong, or do you take no stance? Uh, I think, I mean, I think in some sort of situations, abortions could be considered moralistically right. Yeah. Um, Kelly Evans. Listen, I uh, I know people don't like to hear this, but like overpopulation is an actual thing, yeah. and uh, you know now that first world societies are kind of moving into a negative birth rate, that's great. But that wasn't always the case, and you know a big reason why we're not currently in the red right now, like at the moment, and we're still moving towards it, is that China instituted a one-child policy. Now, mm. whether you agree with that or not, or there's a lot of negative aspects of that yeah. for sure. You, it's probably but, the most ethical way to curb. Uh, curb population though but, but if really, it wasn't you know that happened. then we would have another billion or more people on this planet yeah, probably more there, there cool. are millions of undocumented chinese for that sure didn't their parents had one child yep. and then they had another Kept and they've been living in secret and thank god all chinese people look the same i'm sorry that was <laughs> because they've hidden in the cracks i'm kidding they they don't all look the same to each other though that's the question. i don't know to each other i think they but there are there are millions of people who were born after the the, the one-child yeah. rule, and they don't have passports. Yeah. They don't have birth certificates. They don't technically exist, and they're still there, and they're alive. Yeah. So well, what are we... Is that, in addition to that, they're people? kidnapping women from neighboring countries like Vietnam because Oof. you know they, they treasure uh, having a boy over having a girl, so now there's like way more men in China than there are women. Seventy percent men, or something. It's well, it's terrifying, but not even just for sex. It's it's for uh, for marriage, like to like imprison them into marriage. Uh, Thank God, a lot of them escape, and there's resources on the other side of like northern Vietnamese border for them. But it's just like I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff wrong with that. What happened with that policy? Unintended consequences, and this goes back to what I was saying about technology. It's like we make decisions that are life-changing or society-changing, mm-hmm. and we don't understand the implications of them until 20 or 30 years later, and, and by then it may be too late. I 100% agree with that, because right now, uh, I'm, I'm 44, I don't know how old you are, but... Um, when, when I was in the 80s, I remember when Ritalin started becoming very popular with kids at school. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that the kids wanted it, it's the parents and the teachers, and they said, put this kid on Ritalin. Yeah. And then we put, we systematically put an entire generation of people on baby methamphetamine that they've been taking for 20 plus years now. It's just we, amphetamines. It's just amphetamines. Well, I, th- I, feel, like, I feel like it's for <laughs> it really babies. Is. I, feel like, I feel like the Ritalin is like, it's safe for babies. Like, yeah. it's safe it's to take because it's Adderall. It's, it's for babies. Molecule. It's, it's, it's yeah, a different molecule. It's a slightly different molecule. It's basically the same but, thing. It, yeah. Right. So, with we have years of unchecked methamphetamine use and what's going to start happening are we going to start seeing a lot of people that require kidney dialysis like what's happening what are the health problems of the people in my age range and a little bit younger that are going to start cropping up because we didn't have the foresight we're like mm. fucking shut those kids up in class yeah wow the <laughs> make problem. them docile don't teach them just make them shut yeah. up give them these drugs and then with that usage over time what happens? Yeah. Well, I mean, two things. One, sure, I mean, amphetamines are a huge problem, but look at fucking sugar in this country. Uh, like, you know, yeah. sugar. You want to talk about kidney dialysis? Like, that's a big reason. Absolutely. You know, diabetes because of that, uh, leading to kidney dialysis. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, 
the reason why people are pumping their kids full of amphetamines is because the way that we educate is from the 1800s, all right? right. We don't use anything else from the 1800s. We're not using horses and buggies. <laughs> We're, you know, things have moved forward, but somehow we still have an education system that uses the banking method. It makes absolutely no sense for the current technology or where the future is going. Or, like, or just in terms of how people learn things. Exactly. Like, it, none of it makes sense. You know, people want to move around because they're curious. They want uh -huh. to interact with the world. Like, mm -hmm. they don't want to just shut up and sit you, you could just take kids and be like, what do you like? And he's like, I like Pokemon cards. And I'm like, all right, we can teach you most of this stuff through Pokemon yeah, cards. Math. Yeah, math. You can teach math through Pokemon you cards. Almost, Absolutely. It's ridiculous. Well, yeah. the future is gamification, like, basically, like, VR education. Yeah. Where it's like, it's a game that you're involved in, and that's how you learn history or whatever you want to learn, mm -hmm. is by interacting. And the thing is, the algorithm, this is the one thing about technology that I do like, is the algorithm can learn from how you respond to things. So if you do really well with one, like, method of education, then it starts reinforcing that. Yeah. And so then you start learning at a faster rate, and it's more effective mm -hmm. and more efficient. I like the 1800 like shit. Yep. Fuck these kids. <laughs> Fuck these little babies. That I'm bored in school. I can't sit still. You know what? I couldn't either. I was an ADHD kid, and I wanted to raise my hand all the time, and I wanted to jump around, and I just sat there, and I fucking took it, and it made me a smarter person and a better person. I think that it's too, we make it too easy. Oh, do you not want to read a book? Why don't we give you a video game to play so you can learn? How about shut the fuck up and learn? How about memorize shit? Kids don't memorize anything anymore. This they don't even is know why we have tables. that shit, though. It's like that frustration. And I think a lot of that is born out of like, well, this is the way I did it, so this is the way you should do it. But right. we got to let that shit go. That's too conservative an attitude. Certain things we have to be liberal about. Certain things we have to be conservative about. I think one thing to be liberal about is like, you know, how do we, what's if, the best way to go yeah, forward? If something works better, you should probably just do that. Yeah. And yeah. like, and I think if people, if kids can't sit still and they did, you know, like maybe there's a reason for that. Yeah. I think that the yeah. thing is, and I've, and I found this with, uh, cause I used to manage a restaurant and the thing you learn is like when you have to make decisions for other people is like, sometimes you're wrong, you know, and you got to <laughs> let that shit go mm -hmm. real quick. And the thing is, if you hold on to it too much, everybody thinks you're an asshole and right. you probably are an asshole because you don't want to listen to other people's thoughts or opinions or try something that might actually work. You're right all the time. I mean, it's hard to be right all the time. Yeah. It's yeah, And you it's can't, impossible. you can't die on every hill. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, if people are gonna, Jesus you, you can't you can't die on every hill. You got to choose your battles. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to yell. No, no, no. Yelling is great. I, <laughs> I mean, I constantly. I have a I have a rant on every show. It isn't a show unless I rant about something. Nice. Uh, so, you feel you feel like you're balanced now. You feel like all the addiction is behind you. The future is now. Everything's gonna be okay for Kelly Evans? Uh, I don't know if I go that far. I, th I don't think the addiction is ever behind you. I think it's always there. I think the one thing AA does have is like, you know, it's always present. You have to be aware of it. Like I was saying, yeah. you have good days and bad days. And it's just like knowing where that line is and just knowing what the, like I know what the danger signs are now for my behavior. And uh, I avoid those at all costs. Like, it's like, I'm not going to hang out with these people. I'm not going to do this. I'm recognizing the feelings is like, exactly. it's the biggest part of most things. Well, it's like panic attacks. I started having panic attacks about like four years ago. Oh. And like, I don't have them anymore. And I haven't had one for a couple years. Watch, I'm gonna have one tomorrow. But like, because I, I, I started recognizing what the signs were leading up to them and the things that were, you know, making me feel that way and making me so anxious. And then I was able to start like rerouting what I was doing mentally to avoid that, you know? Yeah. So are other people not able to become healthy because they're just not using self examination? Is it. I think there's a lot of uh, people lying to themselves. There's. I that. think there's a huge amount of that. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Nobody knows what the fucking cure is for addiction stuff. Mm -hmm. But I was a drunk for, like, a good number of years. Like, most of my life I've been a fucking drunk. And uh, I'm, I'm not a drunk anymore. And not like I abstained from alcohol. And I didn't go to AA. I just did a bunch of acid. And it, like, fucking, it, like, I don't have that monster in me anymore. 
Yeah. It's very... I don't know how to explain it, but it functioned. I mean, I just don't fucking... I'll have four drinks, I'll have six drinks, and I just don't want to... I don't want it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to presume to have the answer for everyone. I think it's different depending on who you are. I think a big part that helps me is that I feel like I have something to, like... Uh, look forward to and yeah. live for like I have people that I care about you know um, and that really helps and it's like I want to it's not just me like if I feel like I'm alone in the world and I'm just like floating in the ether then I'd probably be more likely to just say fuck it but sure. right. because I'm not um, that helps a lot so you just have to find someone or something that like yeah, you know is a reinforcer thing. for you like you know the, I care about these people and I want to you know maintain yeah. a relationship with them or this thing like comedy I think is another thing that I'm like really excited about now and like being a comedian is like i finally like feel like i've like i've never been one of those people that like oh johnny plays a piano or like somebody's really good at acting or whatever i've never had that thing and it's like it feels like that thing for me like it's like god it's like not even that long like uh on stage four and a half five months uh but i've been writing since june so but it's like it's nothing's really felt like that right he's funny yeah cool you know it feels good he has he has a he has a good voice and a good presentation on stage it doesn't it doesn't hurt that he's um you know he's good looking gay ah, <laughs> but he's he's new he but he works yeah. Yeah, i see him he grinds he's there at hotel utah every week yep. shows up here i mean and the thing i appreciate about you is that you're new and you're funny but you you don't have an ego yet about it like where there are some people who are new that are like i'm so great at this oh God, why aren't no. you booking me i'm so great at this and you're like i'm doing my thing i'm writing jokes you come with new material you come with jokes you work them out and you're calm on stage and you don't give off that vibe of like like me like me like me you're like here's what i'm presenting to you yeah i mean that's all i can do (laughs) well that's why i like it it's like it's an opportunity like i feel like more free and honest right now than i've felt in a long time yeah because like working at restaurants and managing people you have to like cut off a huge part of your personality and Mm -hmm. it just was like it was like strangling me i felt like like i was suffocating so it's like now i feel like i can breathe again and like you know, just being honest on stage and trying to find the funny in life. And, you know, not to say that it's like, I'm going to do some stupid hacky shit periodically. It's a learning process, Everybody. you know, like you won't like, even realize it's some of the hacky shit. And then like a year later, exactly. Like, oh, it's Tom, Tom's <laughs> shoes. Jesus, what am I doing? No, I it's, uh, Seriously, my first year and a half, I had this joke that was a joke that derived from a bar joke. So it literally was completely hack, but I used it because it worked every time and it was so hacky and I didn't understand what hack was until I was at a show at the uh, Black Repertory Theater and there was a comedian who'd been doing it much longer than I had and she said to me I, I did a joke where the where the punchline was uh, business in the front party in the back and it was about my uh, butt hair and not shaving my butt hair and it being very long and voluminous and after I got off stage this particular comic she walked up to me and she goes I've had that business in the front party in the back joke for years that's my joke. And I was like, oh, sweetheart, I'll never use that hacky bullshit again. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't. Yeah. We both, there was another one I had, I thought that I came up with chastity pelt. I thought, oh, I don't, I don't shave my pubes, so I have a chastity pelt. And I thought I was the smartest person alive. Turns out that's been around for a long time. Yeah. That's just parallel thinking. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't unusual or even new. like, like shit that is not hack, you Google it and you'll be like, Pfft. 
the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the hard thing is like uh, people have similar ideas. We live in the same culture. You have similar yeah. ideas. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to find a truly original like thought and premise. It. You know? Yeah, it's true. So that's why I, that's why I just I think the what I like to do and what I really enjoy is just like keep writing, keep writing, coming up with new stuff, coming up with new stuff, mm-hmm. refining stuff, just playing with it, and then like just you know if it doesn't but work, don't do it. That's you know? the actual work, and I think maybe because you're of a different generation where you do put in the work as opposed to I'm gonna do tons and tons of stage time with no plan and everything every word that drips from my honeyed lips is gorgeous I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna record everything I'm my gonna record anything everything and never listen to it again but I don't write anything down because everything is in the moment because everything I think is hilarious and it's like you're lazy but yeah. you're not lazy because you're putting the pen to the paper yeah. and working it out and, and coming from a writing perspective as opposed to a yeah, there are different ways to do. I mean, you For don't sure. have to write anything down. Yeah. If you have a That's decent memory, you like how you uh, do comedy dictates how you can do comedy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you if you are recording all of your sets and doing like uh, following set list like to a T, you are not going to be good at fucking negotiating like a some heckly shit yeah. and like right, thrown right. off and then or or just pay, paying attention to like what you're doing because you, you get to watch it later. I'll just watch yeah. it later and then I'll know what I'm doing. You gotta try different stuff. Yeah, Get yeah, out of your absolutely. comfort zone. I mean, maybe like you find the thing that works best for you, but you still do other stuff too. Just yeah, to like absolutely. challenge your mind and like, and the proof is in the pudding. That's why like stand up is yeah, like immediate. people laughing. That is your proof. If people mm-hmm. aren't laughing, then you're doing something wrong. But that know? joke worked at the other place. Yeah. What's it, wrong with you guys? Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. Always, <laughs> well, always you, do that. Blame, blame people. And, and, and not to say that that isn't true very little of the time. Like maybe like if you're at an open mic and like it's just comedians and it's 530 yeah. and like nobody is listening, then yeah, okay, maybe in that situation. But if like over half the time that you get up and perform that joke, people don't laugh, that is a bad yeah. sign. Or, or if it worked at the other place and worked here, did you do something different? You probably did something different. And that's possible you know I mean? too. You gotta self-reflect. self-reflect. I think of it like being a wizard. I want to, uh, <laughs> I want to have as many spells as possible, and I want them to work on everybody. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's that's my that's philosophy. A, I was talking about great. That's a great like. Well, I was thinking about yeah. this. Is like you like. I think the best comedians layer their jokes. They have, because who's your audience? You have the drunks, people who are really high, you have the sophisticated people, you have people who don't drink, you know, so you have a variety of people and you want to try to capture everybody, right? So it's yeah. like, you have the little stuff for the drunks to laugh at and that's really kind of captures mm-hmm. in the moment. You have the bigger picture stuff for the people who want to think about it. Then you have really overarching like threads mm-hmm. that connect everything together. And just like the way like uh, in jokes, I want to give uh, like a pause long enough for the people who are smart to get it before I say it so they're like satisfied with that but then I'm going to say it for everybody who doesn't get it and I'm going to say it in a funny voice so everybody's happy yeah that's just what I think now though that could probably change it's a wolf it's a wolf (laughs) (laughs) that's not even that's not even a wolf (laughs) (laughs) so I love to ask jokes um, well, hey, we're we're gonna wrap up here because we have a cool. we have a band coming in next. But what? Where are you performing next? What's going uh, on? With you, with I have Kelly a show Evans? at uh, I'm doing Delirium for Warhol's birthday. Awesome. March 11th. I'm on that too. All right. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Have a good time. Um, that's all I have right now. Uh, I just got I did a contest on on Sunday at Cobb's that went really well. So oh great. You know, a contest. That, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, there goes the neighborhood. Ah, uh, who ever, books that? I can't get on the. Show. I have no idea to ask to get on that show. Uh, Jimmy a, Earl. I hope he doesn't hate. Is it, is it a bringer show? Do you have it is a bringer show. Oh, I've never show. done a bringer show. Yeah, I don't, yeah. have, any, I mean, I don't I w- have any friends. I, no one will come for me. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, I think, you know, well, 
not to say that I'm not funny, but I think they also saw that I have a lot of people that I know outside of uh, comedy. So like I could probably bring a lot of people, which I did, uh, which, you know, I wouldn't do bringer shows all the time, but I'm, I'm new. I mean, I, I want to get my name out there. I want an audience. I want people to laugh and to show people that I'm funny. So I'll take what opportunities I can at this point. You Hell know? Yeah. I don't think like I could be at this point. I shouldn't be snobbish about where I perform. You know, it's like, I just want to get on stage and try different stuff for the different types of people and like, see what, what's out there. You know, you got to see the world before you decide which part of it you want to exist in. Well, let's book you for late March, early April on a Pantastics. Oh, awesome. So that you have something else coming up that you can look forward to we'll we'll get that done in the interim we have a we have a band coming up next i was at an amazing show um at bottom of the hill it was an afternoon show if you ever hear that subliminal sf is doing a show a barbecue show Mm -hmm. you must go it costs only ten dollars and the barbecue was worth more than ten dollars like they had they had like eight kinds of meat it was so good and there were four bands and one of them was war bison and i fucking love war bison they're local and birth defects another band that i just love but outside passing around flyers i ran into a nice man from a band called i'm gonna pull it up here i'm gonna remember it's the it's like the the somethings where is it i don't see the thing and i'm looking for it now i sound dumb uh the uh, they're gonna be in here in a second and then we'll know what the band name is because i am a terrible terrible host but it's not fair i've been i've been burning the candle you're an amazing host oh thanks i've been trying to get people to come to the mutiny radio comedy festival coming up march 1st through 5th it's only a week away the band is called these bastards these bastards are going to come in next and and talk to me on some call me tim but uh kelly this was really great thank you for having i had no idea like your sordid past you look i've always as i've seen you and met you the past couple months i just saw you as this really stand up completely together guy and not that past addiction makes anyone any different than that but just i see you as this like you like you present really put together yeah so that's unusual for comedians because usually they're just piles of dog shit (laughs) i mean zach wiseman was in here so no i'm kidding i love zach wiseman Uh, but but, um it's hey because usually and you're you're nice well put together guy go see kelly evans everybody go like him on can they they can follow you on the instagram facebook instagram kel e man with underscores in between the kel and the e and the e and the man i know that's a lot where where can we see you do your where can we experience your sommelier excellence do you want Uh, to tell us that you want to keep that a secret yeah no that's fine i I work at a wine bar in hayes valley called birba it's b-i-r-b-a small little place fun it's low cost it's just like we have good food and good wine and it's not like super expensive so come by we'll have a good time great monday nights 15 percent off bottles baby yeah why don't you start an open mic there i want to actually it's a little small not an open mic. A backyard, a showcase. A yeah. showcase. I want to do a showcase in the backyard, which is really nice, pretty large. But I'm still putting that together. I probably won't. Like the, the summer, weather when needs it gets to, warmer. Yeah. Exactly. I'm but you've got the like time. April. Oh my God, that would be great. Oh, I, mean, I forgot to mention. I'm also hosting uh, Watch and Learn this Saturday. Oh, so. fantastic! So I'll be here this Saturday, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get a awesome. bunch of comedians. I'll, I'll probably be here too, running, <laughs> running your Instagram. Thank you so much, Kelly Evans. Thank I, you. I wish you luck with uh, starting your own showcase. That, what, and that would be so great to have a new venue to do something like that, especially with like Hayes Valley. Nothing's going on in Hayes Valley. Yeah, not that I know of. Yeah, I don't think so. so. And that, and there's tons of people that live there. Yeah. So you have a built-in audience. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. have a, a following at the place too. So you know, yeah. a lot of people are regulars. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, for thank me. you Seriously. so much. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too, Pam. Uh, everybody, we're gonna bring these bastards in in just a second. Enjoy the weird sounds of um, the our background uh, CD. This is some call me Tim here on Mutiny Radio. We're gonna be right back with these bastards. 
fuck yeah. That was these bastards. That was off old and pissed. Uh, they're in the studio right now here on the second hour of Some Call Me Tim. Hi. Hi. Uh, so you guys are playing tomorrow night, Thursday, February 21st at the Elbow. I didn't know there was an Elbow Room in Oakland. I thought yes. it was just the one that closed here. Nope. That one opened, I don't know, about a year about before a year before the one closed. I think uh, that was... Uh, it used to be called the Nightlight, I yeah, think? Yeah, it used to be called the Nightlight. Ah. Yeah. And I, th- I think he opened that because he knew that the one in SF was was on a limited, you know. Right, right. That was going <laughs> to be, end, yeah. soon it would be uh, more condos because that's exactly that's, that's exactly what we need in the mission yeah. is we need to push out artists and just bring in more condos so that untalented, boring people can just <laughs> ruin our city. Uh, they can be gaps. <laughs> There's nothing but condos. <laughs> nothing but condos as they far as yeah, I can see. They can and live in condos and yeah. have $4 coffees. Right, I know. I, I can't I, believe $4 coffees. Do it. They don't even have alcohol in them. I don't spend four dollars on a drink unless it has alcohol in it, right? right. Like, are you that. kidding me? Straight. Yeah. Four dollar um, drink's hard to come by now, too. Yeah, you, you're not she, getting one of those either. Yeah. It's like a four dollar <laughs> cup of coffee. Four dollar cup of coffee. What's happening in this world? Uh, that's talk about. Ago. I'm sure it's much more than that. Now. I am, yeah, I know, I know. it's it's fresh drip press action. I know, and I buy it for five ninety nine a pound at Gross Out. So it's like, why would I spend four dollars on a cup? <laughs> yeah. Thursday, February twenty first, Elva Room at Jack London Square in Oakland. Empty yeah. people, these bastards, and that ship has sailed. It sounds like a poem just in the band names that yeah, are yeah, playing. Yeah. And also added is a violent opposition. Violent Unfortunately, opposition. Uh, Invertebrae was, was on the bill, but uh, this week let us know that they couldn't do it. And so mm. we did a mad scramble and found a great band called Violent Opposition, yeah. friends of ours. They rock. Yeah. yeah. And they will fucking bring it. Yep. Oh, excuse me. No, I think no, no, you can hey. swear. You can oh, say fucking, yeah. you can fucking fuck swear the whole time. You can, yeah. you can say fuck the police for a whole hour if you want. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. You can, the last time. Maybe. You can, no, oh, maybe. We were on, last time we were on the radio, I guess it was, like radio radio so we couldn't right we yeah yeah watch our language exactly yeah. and they put it on a delay too so that people can't so they can you know. beep us yeah <laughs> so how long has these bastards been together as a band year and a half that's not that long maybe not that long yeah. i mean we kind of were figuring thing out, things out for a while but like actively like a year about a year yeah yeah actively about a year yeah just a little over a year. I think we found our singer uh, last February, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sounds about right. And were you all in different bands, and this was a side project that then everyone said, ah, this is the project? Or how did that all shake uh, down? I Well, actually, Alex and I were in a band briefly. How long ago was that? A couple of years ago. I don't even yeah. remember. It was a uh, band called Fastbender, and we were together for about a little, a little under a year. Yeah, we, we only played two shows. <laughs> Made a demo, and then it just kind of Fizzled. died of the lack of its own momentum. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we were all doing other things. And the band I was in before this with the drummer, our drummer Tommy that we have now, just kind of wasn't working out. And one day Tommy and I were like, we should ask Alex if he wants to do a new thing and just try something else. And he did. And I thought I asked you. Did you ask me? I don't think. I was it might have th- been one of those like serendipitous <laughs> things where Tommy yeah. and I were talking about it, and then you were like, hey, we should do something. And then you and said, like, well, oh, I got a drummer. <laughs> yeah. We could just, you know, we just finished this other band. I, I think so that might have been It all kind of came together. And then you found the singer. Who's and, a friend of the and drummer. And then, yeah, uh, we just like. And I also knew. Yeah. There's a weird 
thing with the drummer and the singer. I actually knew both of them, but I didn't know that I knew them. Yeah. Until I saw them again. <laughs> and you guys are crazy thrash. You guys are like thrash metal. Would you consider yourself thrash metal? What would you call yourself? There's, yeah. I mean, I just I usually say hardcore just because it's all encompassing and you sure. don't yeah. have to. You know, I don't know. Covers a lot of. Ground, I, I, there's elements of a lot of stuff, box, but yeah. I, I'd call us like hardcore, fastcore. I mean, I mean, fast-core. there's there's elements of everything. You know, everything yeah. that's heavy. You know, yeah. we like all everything sorts of heavy, heavy. Stuff, so. everything, yeah. but st- we don't really do any like sto- slow stoner type stuff. You, yeah, no stoner rock. Stuff. We don't really right. do that, but sure. we definitely yeah. do more high energy kind of stuff. I think, yeah. We almost did some psyche stuff, but then it got eighty sixed. It did. <laughs> As a group, you were like, it's not heavy enough. Well, Come it, just, on. it was just, I don't know. Maybe it didn't feel right. <laughs> it wasn't feeling right. What, so what but, are your influences? It sounds like you guys are all over the map. That's anything heavy. What's the, um, what would you say you're like, the things, and maybe not even your influences, stuff you like to listen to outside your own band? Um, I mean... Well, that's definitely something different than what this band would be about. I mean, yeah. we, I think we all have varied tastes all across the board. Because you love ABBA, and that has nothing to Not. do with well, <laughs> I mean, my, my, my favorite band is actually, my favorite bands are They Might Be Giants and Devo. That's so cool. So. <laughs> the sun is a mass of incandescent oh, yeah. gas, a, a molecular burning Yeah, with don't get me started. Hydrogen, <laughs> that are heated to millions of degrees. Yep. I love They Might Be Giants. Oh, that was one awesome. of the first bands that I ever connected with because I I was, I'm old. Um, Nickelodeon had just started in the day. I'm, I'm yeah, 44. welcome to the club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're, I mean, we're all in the same kind of age. I was, I'm yeah. 44 years old, and so okay. I was watching. We, we've got you beat. We Yo, got you, you really? Beat. You, yeah. you, guys oh, look, you, guys, yeah. you guys look young. You Let's look good you for your age. <laughs> but there was, remember when They Might Be Giants was on Nickelodeon? It was yeah. like they had a, it was, it wasn't MTV, because I wasn't allowed to watch MTV, because it was like all, at that time, it was all like girls in bikinis washing cars and like she's my cherry pie and my parents are oh, like yeah. that's hypersexualized and we don't agree with it and so but on Nickelodeon they had all of these they might be giants like yeah. songs and videos and they had those cartoon videos I remember they I were feel great. like I would like that band I, I don't really know that. You would. I, I, I don't know. It's hard. They, his, his voice is kind of whiny. Their voice, it, that sound is kind of, but it, you get used to it. It's like Rush, okay. you know? I it like is. Rush. It's, yeah. <laughs> I and love Rush. I, I do too. <laughs> Uh, it's hard though when you, you gotta go, go there, to Getty, you can go a lot of places you gotta go to Getty Lee Land but you don't have to you either like to go to Getty Lee Land or, or you, you don't, don't. Yeah. Right. you either get it it's or you just like yeah. yeah they might be giants is similar and, and it's I think also um, Elvis Costello I always really resonated with him when I was younger I like yes. Elvis Costello he's alright yeah, yeah, yeah I don't have like a hundred albums but yeah. My Name is True is pr- pretty much a classic I like that guy so um, tell me about your, your so who's your so Top, top three things you like to listen to right now. Oh, geez. Right now, a lot of, um, okay, g- generally, 70s guitar rock. Generally, All right. Generally, Frank Zappa. Oh, wow. I, Time I, signature changes. Yeah. Fuck and me. Then, and when recently, I think of Alex, I think of Frank Zappa. <laughs> recently, in the last couple of weeks, oh, well, I'm not going to mention that one, but Voivod, recently, just because I've just discovered their new album, um... And, and really liking it. Keep so. keeping it proggy. Yes, keeping proggy. it proggy. So like and Deep sci-fi-y. Purple. You know, I'm not a Deep Purple fan, actually. I, they're no. one of the bands I, I don't completely dig from yeah. that era. Um, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, Thin Lizzy, all that, you know, all that sure. the guitar rock yeah. stuff, Thin you know. Myself. I know the other two guys, since uh, they can't be represented today, uh, but they're both big fans of the Dead Milkman and <gasps> Mojo Nixon. You guys are all over the map. Yeah, we're yeah. all over the place. And then, but this, 
And how do you take those varied things from your own life and then create this sound together that's very, like, heavy and fa- Who's writing the lyrics? Let me start there. That's Leech. all Leech. Yeah, our singer Leech, he that's writes the him. lyrics. It's a lot of... His inspirations are, like, a lot of occult stuff uh, mixed with, like, Western philosophy and... Huge criticism of what's happening in this area. Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> yeah. I love that. You guys are going to be playing with War Bison coming up soon, and I yes. love that song that they sang that's on their new album that's all about what 45 is doing, and it's like, no! I love it's like I it's it's I never know what what Dwayne's really saying but I I feel I get the feeling in my heart no we're super excited to be playing with them uh we're doing two shows actually with them in March we're doing a double header we're going to spend uh Friday night the 8th up in Sacramento oh at the Veterans Hall yeah, and Fair Oaks actually. Uh, Fair Oaks, Fair excuse o- me. It's Fair Oaks is a really neat out. place because they have, um, their town allows roosters to roam free and chickens in the streets. Really? Yes. And so in Fair Oaks, it's so weird. They have some restaurants and they have trees in the back, and you can sit outside in these restaurants, and the chickens are just allowed to live in the fucking trees. Hell yeah! And like I roosters it. everywhere. It's Fair Oaks is a weird place. Yeah, y'all got to come down to Fair Oaks and rock <laughs> yeah. with us on the 8th. <laughs> the chickens. It's an awesome, uh, it's awesome spot. It's very, it's, it, it is a veterans hall. And yeah. uh, where you play is one room and right next door is a bar. Nice. Yeah, where all the Winning. old like VFW hall <laughs> yeah. members are sitting at the bar Super and drinking. Super fun. Sacto kids rule. They're so fun and they love yeah. music. Like we do, and we all we have a good time every time we go up there. So we're happy War Bison's Absolutely. coming with us. Yeah. And then the next night, uh, it's their record release show at Parkside, and we were lucky oh, enough yes. to be invited to play there. Yeah, um, War Bison record release. Yep. With Cold Claw and Grossero. Yep. And there was March rumors 9th. from one of the members in War Bison that they were going to be playing a new new song, which they felt was their most hardcore song yet. Okay. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and they do a Sounds lot like of a time. Challenge. They do a lot of time signature changes as well. I, I've that's one of the things that when you mentioned Zappa, I'm like, it's hard to do as a. For, I mean, I don't understand sometimes. Bancy, I'm a stand-up comedian, so it, for me, it's like I have a routine and I practice it, and I'm up on stage by myself, so I can't really fuck up. But you guys are together doing something, all four of you, and that sort of amazes me that you can have drastic changes in where you were going and you stop and it's like is it completely memorized are you feeling off each other like is it all about the rehearsal Uh, do you all write the songs together so that it's just ingrained in your body by a point or i mean i mean it's not not even anything that specific it's all of that stuff some parts we go on feel or we just kind of watch each other to know what to do some of a lot of most of it's just memorized you know You, you play it over and over until you're in sync but i i don't know i think like stand-up comedy is probably harder no you actually have a talent <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> you can play an instrument you know i mean that's no I, you could define talent in a lot of ways but yeah we're hiding behind our instruments yeah i have three <laughs> other people and we're loud <laughs> yeah but it's you're loud we don't together. have to hear anything until we stop but you got to hear the silence <laughs> yeah, that's hard. That, that's, I don't know how they, comedians do that. Yeah, you're on an island by yourself. I don't. I mean, maybe talent isn't the word, but it definitely takes 
fortitude to <laughs> yeah. stand up in front of a group of people and just like and it's all you this is like your material you know i've you know if something is screwed up i don't know i can yeah. blame those other guys <laughs> have you have you ever fucked up so egregiously in a show where you're just like fuck me i can't well, uh, what do you do you just keep going or you what do you ideally you keep going well i mean that's really what it is is with experience and i think most musicians will agree is that over time you learn to make those mistakes you know because they happen they're sure. going to happen as much mm-hmm. as you practice either it could be a technical problem where you're just not on your game or whatever it is it's going to happen, and the whole thing is recovering. I mean, being a musician is really yeah. just about doing that. And Alex, Alex videos every show. So one of the cool things is um, we get to see what our mistakes look like from the other side. Mm, so You break it down like football gameplay day. Almost. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, the big thing is when you're up in front of people and you make a mistake— you feel like everybody notices and it sounds terrible and oh my god i ruined the song but then you go back to the the video and it's not even noticeable most of the Mm. times so you do that enough times and you get to realize that like one mistake isn't gonna really fuck anything up and you just go with it and trust yourself more. And as long as you keep the energy up you know you're always gonna have a good show if you're having fun i think everybody else is having fun what's the worst gig you've ever played Oh, with this band or in general? Uh, let's say with this band because you're pretty new, which means that you must yeah. have had already just some. I think we would agree on one specific show was it specifically the, for us. The Bindlestiff show? No, not oh. at all. I thought one, that was fun. One, two, three, four, go. Yeah. Oh. It was like our second show. Mm. We were playing with all these bands we love. Yeah. And it was just really uh. tight. It was basically what, like five, four, five, five. Four or five bands in two hours. Oh my so lord! It was really three rushed songs. to get going. Three songs. Is that and all you got? And no, then, no, no. We just. I think we were just not in our best form. You know, they were just maybe a little nervous. Sharing a drums. Tight. Did you have sharing share amps? Drums, sharing drums. Sharing drums. Yeah. Sharing amps. Sharing amps wasn't yeah. a problem. I, I think it was just tough, and the space was new to us, and it, 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 it was, was just one of those things. You know, yeah. I don't think it was anything specific. Yeah, it's just it wasn't our best show. It was, it was our second show. Yeah. There, there was a, a friend's band. Uh, was touring from Japan mm. and we really wanted to play with them and so one of our friends in another local band uh, one of um, Alex's uh, bandmates from his other band Conquest for Death uh, put this show together so that this Japanese band could play with all the bands that they played with in Japan and that they got to that know they were friendly with sure so they put us on but they as a, and they still had a show that night it benders. Oh, yeah, they had this. a bender show. So they had, we had to end at a certain time to get them over there. Sure. Yeah. So just like a lot of pressure. It was only our second show. We didn't have the onstage rapport we have now, or the confidence that we have now. So it didn't, you know. Yeah. It wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't great. It what, was, yeah. <laughs> what keeps you guys going? Because you're not, you don't get paid that, I mean, you have, to, you have real jobs, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we have guarantees. We have... Usually, it's oh, yeah, like well, 2K. No, he's kidding. Okay. We don't make money. <laughs> but do you have do you have day jobs? And what keeps you like jobs. involved in? I mean, because it takes a long time to be in a band. It's not just finding bookings yeah. or traveling to places or being on tour, but it's also the rehearsal and having a rehearsal mm-hmm. space and having that the time money. to do that. Yeah. And that yeah. costs money. And yes. so, like, 
you must really love music. I mean, or what's like, what's keeping you guys going? I mean, I'm not ta- what I'm talking about is like the music industry as a larger scene now. And right. it used to be that, Hey, you're amazing. And we love your sound and we're going to give you a record deal. And now we're going to take care of your bookings and we're going to take care of your promotion. Right. But yeah. that sort of doesn't exist anymore. It's like everyone's their own maverick and you've got to have your SoundCloud and you, right. you sort of book your own shows. And yeah, uh, I mean, we've all been doing that for so long. Like, we've yeah, I think it's just what we do. Yeah, we've been playing punk hardcore bands since, I mean, Alex, since, I mean, all of us since the 80s, probably. Yeah. And and the thing is, is when I started this, you weren't going to make any money anyway. Uh, so I never had that idea at all. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I had already decided the kind of music I was going to do was going to be what I wanted to do regardless. And so it wasn't going to be necessarily a money-making project, right? Uh, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's just forms of music where you could you could possibly have done it. Then and it's going to be a lot harder now, obviously. But you know, you could have. I mean, you know, when metal became the thing, right? Gone full metal and maybe got a metal band that was doing pretty well. You know, mm. I don't know. Yeah, but we just do because we love it and we can't help ourselves. Yeah. Oh wow. And we well, love other answer. bands and we love meeting new people and we love meeting people that are excited about music. They're just excited yeah. as we are and want to have a fucking good time. You know, what I mean. It's a weird We're thing, here. too, because, like, obviously it'd be awesome to, like, play music for a living. But at the same time, like, I don't want this to be a job. I don't want it to feel like a job. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, this is a release from my job. You know, this is uh, just something we do. You know, the job pays for us to be in a band. Essentially. That's yeah. The band is the job. Then I don't know. I When I was when I when I first went to college. Um, I, I, there was, um, this jazz band that was basically a class you try out for the band, but you, you got graded on it and it was, you know, you had attendance rules and everything like a regular class. Um, and I hated it. I hated it so much. I didn't want playing music to be a grade. I didn't want it to be a class. I didn't want it to feel like work. It was supposed to be something I enjoyed. And ever since then, that's been my attitude about music. Like, I don't want music to be work. I want it to be the opposite. Work is one thing. Music is another. And they, the, never the twain shall meet. But <laughs> what, if, what if there was a society where you could do anything you wanted and you didn't have to have a day job? Would you choose? You'd be like, well, music all day long. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I like the idea. I I just don't know how it would really be, you know, to do that. I mean, I think part of the reason I love it so much is because I'm always... like trying to find time for it because right? you you're hungry you know, for hungry it for you have it, right? to be hungry and for so it, how yeah. about if it's like every day all the time I don't know if I would love it as much I feel like there's still a lot of discovery because there's so much I want to do but who knows if my passion really goes that far yeah what did you what did you bring here CD wise I brought, I brought I brought one part of the alphabet <laughs> <laughs> I brought a pile of stuff too it started out with a Japanese band called Vivisec and then it ended up being a bunch of V's so I also bought, bought a Violent Opposition CD and a Brazilian thrash band called Violator wow so who's how... gonna be in the States in July down in LA what we're making what, what um how do you find how do you find your music? Are you constantly on the search for like metal? Do you you have a lot of CDs? Are they old CDs? Are you buying new CDs? Is it all online now? Are you just looking on Spotify or SoundCloud and putting in new metal bands? And I mean, what do you? Is it friends of friends say, "Did you hear about Violator or whatever?" And then you listen and. Well, I think you found Violator on tour, right? Yeah, 
these bands that I brought up right now were because of tour. Oh, okay. And honestly, I am super overwhelmed by the amount of music that's out there. I can barely keep track. Um, I rely on friends that turn me on to stuff, other yeah. bands that turn me on to stuff. Well, in Alex's case, too, if I can speak for you, like he, his old band, Conquest for De- Death, toured a lot, and they toured the world, and they, they've been to places like Brazil and Mongolia and Australia, and so and he has exposure work? to music that a lot of people don't in other in our part of the world so he has like a whole different you know conduit to that stuff was that a, a sponsored us- tour because or did you your band pay for it sponsored by hours of work <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no no uh they're they're completely giant losses oh. in fact we mostly decided to play in places where people had no money and we would definitely not make money <laughs> wow <laughs> But the adventures are great. And, sure. you know, the, the thing I, I, I got out of most of all was first meeting some of the greatest guys I've ever met playing music with. Uh, and then secondly is going to other um, countries and experiencing culture like no other way. You know, sure. there's nothing like being connected immediately once you're there through the music. Right. Um, and then through places the places to stay, meeting people, <laughs> you know, things like that. Because you can travel somewhere, but there's no... There's no guarantee you're going to meet someone local or be able to come, go to the house for dinner or hang out with their friends and family and, and find out what's really going on. Sure. As opposed to being a tourist and just kind of, you know, getting the tourist view, right? Right. So. Right. Paying for the tourist experience, which yeah. feels so safe. Um, <laughs> grab me, pick a CD and tell me to play something. We'll play We'll play one of your do, one of your songs. Let's do Violent Opposition like. since we're playing oh, with yeah, them yeah, tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're playing with these guys. And this is... Uh, there's a lot of tracks to pick from, so <laughs> yeah, they're hey. probably very short. Yeah, all very short yeah great. Let's they see uh, the names of some of these. Okay. This is Violent Let's Opposition. See. Yeah, Buddha's Enlightenment, awesome. Synchronized Circle Pit, Fracking, Love It, Competitive Pride. Oh man, <laughs> these guys are speaking my language here. It's almost like the, it's a, it's more it's just uh, beautiful poetry. So this is uh, Violent Opposition. Let's. From uh, give 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 the, the dates area. again. Give the dates again. Of, so it's tomorrow, February twenty first. Empty people, these bastards. Violent opposition. That ship has sailed. And then yes. the eighth. Uh, the eighth is War at Veterans Hall in uh, Fair Oaks with uh, good shit. War Bison, Legion of Malice, Control All Delete. And one other, and it's uh, Jorge's birthday bash. He's turning 26. He's a promoter up there, and it should be a rockin' show. And the next night, the 9th of March at Parkside. I'm definitely going to be at that show. It's going to be fun. For the War by Sin record release. Yep. Uh, With Grisero and Cold Claw. We'll start here with the synchronized... Circle pit. This is what my, my boyfriend likes to do the Licking running the into people pit. and hurting them. At the, and I'm like, Stop. and it's what he loves. He loves metal and he'll go out and he'll do. And I, I can't usually go to shows with him because I don't like to see him get hurt. Uh, and he'll come home and he'll be like, I had so much fun. And I'm like, the bruises on his body. And then the next day he'll be like, I'm so sore. And I'm like, you get no sympathy. Yeah. You did it to yourself. I saw you in the synchronized circle pit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
That was Violent Opposition here on MutinyRadio.fm. I am joined right now by these bastards playing hey. with Violent Opposition tomorrow, right. Thursday, February 21st at the Elba Room in Jack London Square, Oakland. Yep. What? Uh, how much are tickets and where do people get them at the door? They can get them on Eventbrite. What can they do? Yeah, door. Ten bucks. Door, ten bucks. Ten bucks, that's it? I think so. Yeah. Four great bands for ten bucks. Two fifty a band. How can people not go? I mean, you're missing out. It's, yeah. Don't go. Even if you come from the city, like it's really easy to get to yeah. by via Bart. So you're gonna spend twenty bucks to get there and back. Ten bu- you know, ten dollars to get there. Ten dollars for the show. The drinks are like. They're fair. Okay. They're fairly priced drinks. There well, the go. Elbow Room, that was one of the things I always appreciated about the Elbow Room in San Francisco is they had... Great happy hour. Great happy hour till 9 o'clock uh, every yeah. night. Yeah. It yeah. was so great. You that, could get a $3... the latest happy hour in town the, that I can think of. I can't remember Yeah, one. 9 o'clock. That's, yeah, it's usually like a 6 end, right? I like, think I didn't spend enough time at the Elbow Room. Yeah. yeah. They had, it was, it was great. And... The downstairs area was so cool, and the upstairs area was so great for lots. And they did all kinds of different events. I did so many literature events Matt? there. Do you know Matt? No, I don't know. Oh, Matt. Okay, he's one of he's one of the owners, and he always uh, would post like bad reviews of the Elbow Room, and they were hilarious. Like <laughs> these Yelp so reviews, funny. they were hilarious. Man. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, they were great. I, do, I love bars that have like a separate show space like that too, like the Hemlock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God bless room. its soul. I yeah. miss the Hemlock already. Great. Yeah, that was a great. Spot. But Jack London Elbow Room is the same thing. It has yeah, upstairs. Yeah, it has the same sort of vibes. Separate upstairs. Uh, the show bars spot. right. The difference is the bars right there, right? Like yes. at Hemlock, you can actually go outside, so they have right. a bar at the uh, back. It's about the same size, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's about the same size. Yeah. So it feels really full. Yeah. I always. And then the separation yeah. is a whole nother bar downstairs. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Places like that are great. So yeah. the other um, you brought, you wanted to talk about. Oh, Octo- oh Octopulpa. Octopulpa. Uh, this guy, um, is, yeah, he's kind of a one man band. He, he played drums in a band called my man, Mike from Korea, even though he's from France originally lives in Korea, does this band called Octopulpa and, uh, he plays drums and all the other tracks are pre-recorded. He played them but recorded them separately and has like a video running as he plays and all the drums uh all the everything he does on the drums triggers what the tracks are gonna do so he's a computer programmer as well as an incredible drummer so he's programmed the drums so that like uh, somehow or another his computer recognizes certain drum patterns oh and it sets what? off that sequence. Whoa. Yeah. So um, it's like instead of having the multiple pedal board in front of him where you like press the looping station, you go, oof, and you know that that you're like pressing right. to loop it. Yeah. The drums trigger it in the computer. It's like he's right. like has AI on his side. He's like. Basically. Well, it's listening for a pattern that he's going to play. And then once it hears it, it sends off the uh, the sequence, right. which is a portion of the song or maybe a whole song, right? Yeah. Sure. And then so there's video playback of oh. as this music's going of him playing bass and guitar and whatever else while he's playing live drums and singing. It's like old school four track except sort of live. Yes. And yes. like way more sophisticated. Way yeah. more sophisticated. <laughs> and he has different singers from all over the world singing different parts of the songs. Yeah, and they're uh, in the videos and uh, it's quite know, incredible. It, How did you find this guy? On tour. You, <laughs> on tour. So you were well, in we Brazil? Had, no, in Korea. That's Korea. where he's from. He's yeah. Belgian, I think. He's 
Belgian. I think he's Belgian. Or maybe he's French. I'm sorry. Maybe he's French. Anyway, he lives in Korea. And then, so when we were touring in Korea, he helped set up our tour, that part of the tour. So, yeah. And then that's when we discovered My Man Mike. Right. Oh, actually, no. We discovered My Man Mike. They came here and played, and that's how we met him. Yeah. And then he set up our tour in Korea. We hung out with him there. And then he came over, you know, with this thing. In the small world of punk, like... Alex's old band played with them. My old band happened to play with my man Mike as well, and so we knew him from different avenues. And then, which is another great band. You gotta check them if you <laughs> like heavy music. My man Mike, yeah, out they're of great. South Korea, incredible. Yeah. Um, South incredible fast yeah. core that will rip your face off. Yeah. I guess it does it if you can't understand what people are saying lyrically anyways. And it's like do a you, sonic set. Do you? It doesn't. <laughs> well, do you? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I do. But that's the thing is I could listen to Japanese punk and it might sound the same as, not sound the same, but the vocals. Like well, sometimes it's hard to understand. Of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, because with heavy music, a lot of it is just this heavy sound. And it's sure. not necessarily the word. It's right. just the sound. Which yeah. Is, uh, this was the strategy I used with my old band, um, which had lyrics half in Cantonese, which was the ah, idea. That's cool. Which was the idea that it didn't matter because when you're singing heavy music like that, most of the times you don't understand everything anyway. And so. do you have a huge following of, of old Cantonese ladies, like on the bus, like the 30 Stockton? Do you just want to like you know, play it really I, loud? I wish I did. I think that band was maybe 10 years before its oh. time. You know, uh, no, we had no following. It was great. <laughs> Uh, no, no, we, we, we made some connections, uh, but that band never really got anywhere. I mean, I don't think, I think also the music of what we were doing was a little bit out of people's, I don't know, it's out of the box, I guess, you know, it was heavy music, but it was all over the place. So, well, this, we're going to listen to song number five here, which is, uh, where's my tooth? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I'd like to know. I I, I really, this guy hits like all the bases like the he's humorous but like the music's still intense the live show is amazing but it's not a gimmick it's musically really really it's well really good done. yeah it's yeah. not just a gimmick and and then he's got this weird mysterious thing with the octopus mask and, <laughs> yeah. yeah well let's check him out uh, octopulpa here
Toledo. That's a one-man band right yeah. there. Octopulpa. One of my favorite bands of the past few years that I've discovered. And completely entertaining. I yeah. mean, you will be mesmerized seeing him. I, I, we played with him on a Wednesday, I think, and then uh, realized he was playing the next night, a Thursday night at uh, the Knockout. And I had already had plans that night, but I like moved heaven and earth to make sure I could see him again because it was just so awesome the first night. Yeah, How, I mean, you guys love music. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that's. I mean it's. That, what else and, are you gonna do? But yeah, what else are you gonna do with your life? This is Vivisic. Tell us a little bit about this. Uh, set the apathetic on fire. <laughs> They're a band out of Japan. They rock. <laughs> they just broke up last year, I believe, unfortunately, after many years, probably like 20 oh, years. Yeah, they've been around a long yeah, time. Yeah, they've been around a long time. Uh, again, another band met on tour. They're fantastic. Their live show is incredible. They played uh, here last year at Metro. Was that last year or two years ago? It might have been two years ago. Two years I think. ago, two years ago uh, at the Metro. For like the release of their last record. I yeah, think. that was on Tank Crimes. Yeah. A local There's, label. I, I don't think I've ever heard. I've, seen a band from Japan that wasn't great like they just know how to do it yeah I don't know what it is <laughs> Japan uh, yeah. we're gonna start here with alarm chain handle on opposite wall alright <laughs> cause I love the name of that yeah um, again this is like we'll play a couple songs cause I gotta go potty and then oh. we'll be right back here with these bastards on Mutiny Radio thank you guys for listening and go see them tomorrow night Thursday February 21st at the Elbow Room Jack London Square it's only a $10 show come on you guys like what are you doing with your lives it's a Thursday <laughs> go out like I'm stoked I'm not booked tomorrow night so I'm like I'm going out but <laughs> in Oakland and I'm trying to keep my boyfriend safe because he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna I'm so concerned oops CD1 
that you enjoyed Vivisec right there. You were saying um, off air that there's a weird connection between Brazil and Japan musically. You want to talk about that for a second? You know, I'm not exactly uh, completely knowledgeable, but, but what I do know is that I believe in the 80s, a lot of workers from Brazil went over to Japan to work in the auto industry. And there's some sort of industry connection going the other way as well. Japanese people that end up in Brazil because... I'd actually made a couple of connections where um, I met this guy in Japan and then, um, but he was Brazilian and he ended up back in Brazil and um, I didn't see him again when we were in Brazil, but we did talk and stuff. And then there was, uh, there was other people that had that same connection. So you can look that up probably, you know, and see that there is some sort of uh, connection through work. And then now I'll, families have been created <laughs> yeah, and there's a, now, yeah and there, there's a there's a by um country kind of thing this is another uh japanese band horse and deer yeah i love this band i love the art on the cover of this yeah. it's hilarious they're super fun got a drunk punk rocker with a bottle on the sand washed up on with the classic japanese thing with the wave yeah and then you got a big giant squid who's gonna eat him yeah and a whale on the back <laughs> i love the art for this but these guys are just i don't know high energy crazy fun wacky one one of the best bands i've ever and, seen play and live. you guys basically just brought stuff of like these are people we'd want to play with or that that we like like you like well actually i just went from one part of the alphabet so. oh okay sorry so it was like here are these little ones <laughs> sorry started in like v and see. stayed there <laughs> um this is horse and deer i'd tell you the name of the song but it's in japanese and deer that was some i mean i i'm digging the japanese language there with the with the crazy 
lyrics and who knows what he's saying, but yeah. I like the cadence of his voice. Right um, hey guys, you really need to go see uh, these bastards tomorrow. How did you guys come up with the name before we play a track off of your... I don't know. We have no freaking... Just... We went through so many... The list is ridiculous. In fact, yeah, I, should, give us something... I should bring that list one day to next, another one of these interviews. We just go through the whole thing. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, do, you, do you remember any of them? Like some of the, I, just the I, poor I, ideas that you had? Don't. Yeah. Creep dick. Oh, that's great. <laughs> no, 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 I don't know. That sounds like a fun, That was that's kind of a funny. joke one. I don't know. There was a lot um, of joke ones. There was a lot of joke ones, yeah. I don't but remember. But Nice Guys was the original. Nice Guys was the one we were going to go well, with. that's so ironic. That's people so funny. Out, people talked us out of it. Yeah, we would because we were all Friends stoked on Nice Guys. We, nice we were guys. making logos. We immediately like got into it and made all this, you know, got ideas for artwork and stuff and our friends we would tell them the name and they'd be like really uh, the, the reaction felt like was, it was too internal maybe yeah. Yeah, but they didn't like, get the irony of like nice guys and then the sound it's your sound is so heavy that people wouldn't normally equate nice guys with such a heavy sound that's I, funny to me that's I, like yeah kind it, of it changes the expectations and it sort of flips it and there's humor there I'm all about humor. Yeah. But we're also uh, nice guys. <laughs> yeah, it's also... It's really... It's just kind of descriptive. Yeah. <laughs> but these bastards... But these yeah. bastards... That one just happened one day. Yeah. Uh, who came up with it? Nobody... In particular, someone just went... somebody just said it Yeah. Well, and then we were all like... Yeah. Uh, it just hit that thing. Yeah, that could be a bad name. It's yeah. It's a, a funny band name, too. We just sat, sat there... Riffing on it, and and then you know I made and it just fit the concept, you know, where we were like talking about a lot of the things that we have concerns about that are happening, um, you know, in our area as well as in our country. Um, these well, bastards have really taken us to the cleaner. What's you your know? number yeah. one? What's your number one concern right now that you think that you're just like, how is this well, even happening? There's stuff you that know. I think about daily, and then there's the larger picture things. Uh, recently, I've been thinking about why we've decided to throw $2 billion toward a Trans Bay Terminal that isn't open, you know, that, huh. that took eight years to, Local to make. Local stuff. And then uh, open for two months before it's been closed, and it's cost us millions of dollars every month. And the, the initial reason it was built, uh, a lot of those reasons can't be fulfilled. Um, our, you know, our governor uh, cl is closing down our uh, high-speed rail, which is one of the reasons why that was built. There's a right. huge base that costs $500 million that's under the Trans Bay Terminal sitting empty waiting for trains that are never going to come. Wow. Yeah, we were paying for it. Thanks. So blatant And all you guys waste. that cross the bridges, all your toes, tolls are going to go toward this giant debt that's sitting there because not only that, there's retail space that should have been opened last oh, year that's sitting wow. around. So all that money they should have been making, is there's no money going there. It's not being used. There's a lot yeah. that's across the street that costs almost nothing, I bet, and it's been in use for years, and it works fine. Wow. What's going on here? Who's making money? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, wow, you know, sorry. You're saying, but you're saying, look, <laughs> no, don't be sorry. That's something I've never even thought of. I've never even yeah, thought of it. I mean, well, I knew that it opened and then closed, but I didn't realize yeah, that it Yeah, it cost was us such... $2 billion. $2 billion. And that's locally. That's like, that's, that's like our, San that's Francisco shit. Well, not, uh, I think there's probably money from the whole Bay Area because, sure. uh, you know, the, I know one of the things that they're going to start doing is they're using some of the bridge tolls to start paying off some of the money that they owe mm. because there's a huge bill every month to just to maintain the place. Yeah. It's not even open. We, they should at least make it like a parking structure. I mean, if, if you could, I mean, the way to do it would be to say, hey, you're coming over on the bridge. You paid that toll. Park your car here and then take public transit around the town so 
that we don't have so much traffic during the day and right. everyone doesn't get so angry. It's a big, huge, empty room. Yeah, Put if, cars in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, it was, if it was useful, that'd be something. But right yeah. now, it doesn't look like it's being used. It's not even open. And, you know, I, I, I walk by there every day and I see that the lot that is being used, it's ha that has been in the use for the last, I don't know, four or five years maybe yeah. works fine works just people fine. are catching their buses they're getting to the East Bay yeah. Yeah. those buses are coming in from the East Bay people are getting on them it's not a problem why have we built two billion dollar structure that does nothing anyway sure no yeah. hey Alex I get it sorry so recently what's, that's what I've been recently what's your what's your biggest uh, societal issue like that man I don't have anything that elaborately thought out as <laughs> as Alex does but you know I mean living in San Francisco for the past 10 years obviously the issues never end and mm -hmm. just pile up with the problems of gentrification and um, predatory developers and landlords. I mean, it's... Yeah, what you had said, all the interesting people are leaving. Because they can't afford to be yeah. there anymore. Yeah, San Francisco was an interesting town. Yeah, I think it still is, and I think there's still music where you can... I mean, I met you at a $10 show where the food was worth more than $10, right. and there were four bands! That's like, yeah. right, and it was a good time. It was a great time! I had a great well, time! Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it was great, and you know, I mean, we don't have many of these places left. Yep. You yeah. Know, for, I can't say I support the bottom of the hill as much as I should, but... If you do go music, go there. Support live <laughs> yeah. as well. Support live and support live music in San Francisco. Go out and see a band. Go to Benders. You know, every yeah. Saturday night, Benders has it's only five dollars to get in. That's I right. have no idea how they pay their bands and how this all works. Because I mean, it must just all be alcohol sales, huh? Is that like how bands are paid now? You're just it's all based off um, alcohol. It, depends it just on the depends place. on where it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, some places charge covers mm -hmm. and they'll give you part of that. Um, yeah. But support live entertainment. I mean, yeah, anybody yeah, who's getting up Any, there for your entertainment, right. if it's, you know, comedy like in your case or, or right. live we, theater or music or wrestling, right, which I have sure. to be a big but fan of. Get out of your get out of your house. Get off the Netflix. Go out yeah. and be a part of the community. Go yeah. see a band. Go yeah. see wrestling. Go see. Yeah. Go experience the world around you instead That's of right. hiding in your house and saying, "Well, I feel like I understand everything because I love Netflix." <laughs> like get get outside. Yeah. Go right. step outside. It's nothing your like zone. something live. You can listen to all the music you want at home and watch all the DVDs and streaming this and that. But you get into a room where there's music happening. And you're going to experience something different. But even your, you know, even your experience at home listening to music that you already have in your house, like half of, you know, your collection is things that you discovered going out and seeing mm, bands and being right. on tour. And so you have a whole music collection in your house that you got from not being in your house. Yeah. Yep. So everybody go out tomorrow night, Thursday, February 21st, see Empty People, These Bastards, Violent Opposition. That ship has sailed at the Elbow Room. Yeah. Jack London Square, Oakland. Doors at eight? Eight. Eight, nine. Cool. Eight, nine. Somewhere around. Doors are at eight. It's a night show. Doors it's going to be fun. Yeah. Doors at oh, eight. Oh, and we've got a band camp. Oh. And we got Facebook. So come say hi to us. Check out our stuff. Mm -hmm. There's some videos on YouTube. These Bastards. Uh, we're going to close it out with their song... Burn the burn, fucker down. Burn the fucker down. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks Thank for having you, us. Well, Thank you, Pam. Yeah, you bet. This has been Mutiny Radio. Coming up next, uh, the Wednesday Wave. So stick around for that. And again, go tomorrow to Elbow Room. Uh, see these bastards. Also on the 9th, 
go out to the park, park side, side and see them along with War Bison, one of my favorite San Francisco bands. My number one favorite San Francisco band, though, is Floating Goat. Oh. I love Floating Goat so much. Do you know Floating Goat? Oh, yeah. But are they still around? Yeah, they're still around. They've been right. playing right now as a band called Hendrixian, and it's the same three guys, but it's Chris Corona. They all do um, Jimi Hendrix covers. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So, but they're fun. But I still, I, God, I love Floating Goat. They're, I just, I think Aaron Barrett, drummer comedian Aaron Barrett is a great, great, great drummer. He's also a very funny comedian, but he quit comedy. Okay. But he's really, really funny. Ask him to do a George W. Bush impression okay. if you've ever seen okay. him. Okay, all right. Be like, Aaron, tell us your George W. Bush impression. Uh, we're going to listen to one last song from these bastards. Go see them. Thanks for listening to Mutiny Radio. Swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento honestly is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well.
but it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Venice. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face.
we are live with Papusa Caucus. I got nothing in my mon I got nothing in my headphones. And there's nothing in the headphones. We're having tef- technical difficulties already. I got no snare. I got no snare in my headphones. You got no snare? Are your no headphones snare. on? I got my headphones are on, yeah. Let me let me listen to the app. Let me see if We really should get video cameras in here. We should, we should have like a little bucket that we have to put money in every month. So we're, we don't have dead air. Test, test, no, it's not. Yeah, it is. I'm seeing it. It's on. You're Test, test. We're live, baby! Hello. <laughs> Nate, listen, take that. I'll, I, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure you don't pop. I can look at the, the red line. <laughs> what is up, listeners? This is the first episode of Kapusa Caucus, and it's going well. Test, testing, testing. Well, I guess it's on, but I can't hear anything. Okay, the headphones is fucking us up. I like having the headphones. I know you like, but can you, can you... Because you can hear. This is great. I think we should do our best job over Man, let's just go. All right. Why can't we? I don't want to. I don't. All right. Well. Yeah, I know, but that's upsetting. It doesn't. It's all the way down. It doesn't affect it at all. <gasps> oh, it's a couple oh. seconds behind. But let's hear how it sounds when we when you turn it all the way off, though. Okay, so this is my full volume. This is going to be really annoying listening to us no, talk. No, we're not going. We're not going to do this. Three seconds after. We're not going to do this the whole time. But I just no. But I want to be able to hear the music too. Oh, the music would be nice. I didn't know that. What's wrong with the headphones? Why aren't they plugged in? They are plugged in. Are but they plugged into that thing? Huh? The headphones, I can hear the music through here, but not our audio, not our vocal yeah, audio. Yeah. That's what I was trying to figure out. Yeah. Check this out. Watch, I'll turn the music on. 
Testing. 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 This is really annoying, dude. This is really dumb what we're doing. Testing. Testing. All right, let's go. Dude, we can do a podcast without music. Is this better? All right, fine. Let's yeah, sure. Okay. Well, I. <laughs> this is a hilarious. Yeah. Six and a half minutes. Was that six minutes? I felt I, like it was long. That was six and a half minutes. That was the, our first six and a half minutes. Okay. Can you turn that thing off? I don't want to hear us. Hear a little beatboxing. That was the first six and a half minutes of the Pusa Taco. It's a good start. The first podcast I've ever owned. We don't know how any of this stuff works. Talking? No, the stuff in the studio. We don't know. We we had we came across I, one hiccup and I we panicked like, like deer. I feel like I'm flying in a uh, in what a Hollywood studio imagined Inception right now, like in an early '60s movie. Like if you look at an airplane cockpit, it didn't look like that at all. <laughs> I think this is like we. Broke into the Millennium Falcon to get away, and then we got into the cockpit and we didn't know how anything worked, and we died tragically. You know those two record players right there? Yeah. Those look like control, a remote controlled car. Remember those RC cars? I feel like we're kind of reaching at this point. Well, no, that's how you turn the airplane. A DJ-powered airplane? Yeah, what are you in Miami? No, I'm in a spaceship. No, now okay. I'm in an alien spaceship. Now I think this looks like an alien spaceship. And and you turn it using the technology behind those RC controls. Why are we doing why are we doing this? Why are we doing this to ourselves? Come go with me on this. Don't I'm say going no. With, What's yeah, the first rule of improv? Don't say no. I, well, Come yeah, but this isn't an improv exercise. This is a podcast. And right now we're trying to be as descriptive as we can, Nathan, to the audience. Who doesn't know what our studio looks I like? I think Can it's better. I think it's better that they don't know until we have video. I think it's better to keep them in suspense. You don't know where we're at. We could be in a van. We could be Why in a box. Why don't we call them? Meet me, radio listeners. Feel free to call in at 415-550-0511. Let us know what you think. Do you want a description of the studio? Or do you want to remain in the dark? Is that the real phone number? That's the real phone number. How do you have it memorized? Easy phone number. That's impressive. There's I don't. I don't ever do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. There's only like I'll three that right I know. Four one five. I don't want to learn. Well, if I say it again, they'll know it. Okay. The listeners will know. Yeah, for their benefit, do it again. Five, 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 five. You start over from the beginning. I fucked that up already. Four one five. You know, this is him starting over. So now do it from the beginning. Four one five. But now they don't know if four one five is the first three digits or the area code because it said four one five four one five. Yeah, exactly. So now I think you should start over, like country starting now. Country code. Country code one. Four one five 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 zero zero five eleven. Cool. 
call in. Let us know what you think. Yeah, if, you if, have it, questions. if they call in, is it going to ring here or is it going to call Pam's cell phone? It's going to call here, but uh, Pam's cell phone does get. Oh, really? And she just listened. Yeah, but we aren't going to be able to hear her because our headphone monitors don't work. No, we won't. Yeah, we won't. And she won't be able to smell us because she can't smell. You should you should call Pam and figure out how to make the headphones work, though. I think we can manage. I, I mean, I think we can manage right now, if we're, but we're kind of flying blind. We're flying blind right now. You're tripping over the headphones. Well, I don't know. I can't, I can't hear what uh, how dumb we sound. Just assume we sound dumb. Yeah, I know, but when there's ambient noise in the room, you don't seem as dumb as when I can hear just your voice isolated from other sounds to distract me really? from your dumbness. My yeah. voice doesn't sound dumb on the radio? Thank you, man. That's uh, really nice. That was, a, the, kind of the, that was the opposite of what I was That's saying. A good I was saying that it's, a, it's easier for me to appreciate how dumb you do sound when there's less ambient noise that can distract me. From your dumbness. Does I'm that not, make sense? I'm not following. What I'm, what I'm saying is, you seem a lot easier to handle when there's a lot of stuff around to distract me. Yeah, I'm still not following. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's, a, there's an intelligence barrier between the two of us. I think you're much smarter just, than me. I think I'm, that's the problem. No, 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 no. I was saying there, there's probably a ceiling, and I just haven't figured out how to... Hop through it. Ooh, like, a, like a pot, like a glass one? Like a glass? A glass? Like no, a, just an opaque one, actually. Well, glass can be op ceiling. Glass can be opaque. I destroyed a lot of drop ceilings in my life, and I don't feel good about it. What's the difference between a drop ceiling and a regular ceiling? A drop ceiling is the, the ceiling that has these squares. Push them up and, like, hide stuff. Oh, yeah. Like Walter White's favorite type of ceiling is a drop ceiling. I can see that. He has a lot of things to hide drugs, guns. Diapers. Money and diapers. Yeah. Shitty money. Well, but mean, it drops. You know what it drops. Like. You ever just fucking punched a drop ceiling? No. <laughs> I don't have. For no reason. Yeah, I no, I don't have violent, random, violent tendencies. I wouldn't say it's violent. I, I would. What else would you call a punch? Well, it's open-handed. You kind of have to like. Yeah, Wei Chun has. Oh, uh, Open palms, right? And then those Ip Man movies? Have they have the open hand. About and punch with the heel of your palm. You have to punch with the heel of your palm? And you just shove it right up and it breaks like a, like a cracker that's like permanent loss. You know where I learned that? Miss Congeniality. That's a good title and I judge movies. You do? Yeah. What's one? What's a what's a movie that a lot of people say think is like a really classically good movie, but you hate it only because of the title? Black Cougar. I don't remember that one. Porn parody. I meant like cinema. That's cinematic. It wasn't. There were at least two cameras. Two different. Yeah, but that's not. Could have been the same camera. Still, that's cinema. Really? Seems like I don't know. I you don't didn't think see it, Black Cougar. Sure didn't. Missed that one, but it's bud. a porn parody. I got that. Call Pam and figure out how to make the headphones work. Oh my God, Nathan, how can I? I need What's to know. Podcast. We're gonna listen to this. We're podcasting day. right now, and right now it's disappointing me. 
This is a good podcast. I don't know. So, so far. far, I'm a little skeptical about the whole situation. This is a good. This is. I don't know podcast. if I want to keep doing this. I don't know if I, I want to do this. Why are you afraid that that your voice is gonna? No, I mean, I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm afraid that I'm afraid You're that it's. You're doing great, dude. I'm I afraid. No, no, I, that's what I'm afraid. I know it's gonna be awesome. I'm just afraid that it's gonna take off, and then I'm just gonna be stuck doing it. You know what I mean? <sighs> that's really Ooh, that's what I'm a scared of. Deeper worry than just the headphones. That's something else. Yeah, but I think the headphones. If I could listen to it, it might dissuade me. Just because. No, you're fine. I promise. Just think about it as a normal conversation. I know. That's what I'm worried about. Why are you worried about conversating normally? Those are my pigeon socks, motherfucker. Yeah. You have my pigeon socks? I've been waiting for you to notice. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I was waiting for you to notice these. How do they feel? They they didn't look very breathable. I mean, they're fine. They keep my ankles warm. How long have you been wearing them? Uh, A couple days. Not in a row, but... No, you haven't. Did you shower before you came here? Mm Mm-hmm. Put those socks on right after you showered? No, I'm saying, like, I've worn them a couple times. Yeah, have you ever showered and then put on dirty socks? Uh, no. Ever done that? No, but I'll go barefoot a lot. I'll that's go barefoot in the thing. shoes. That's not the same thing. It'll oh, it'll mess it'll shoes. mess them up. No. It'll mess it'll make your feet real stinky though. Real stinky. Really a lose lose because your shoes get exactly it messes your shoes up. I have a feeling if you wear those socks forever, your you think so? A rainforest. You don't think this is breathable? You uh, I mean, so your your second time around, you think this is okay? What I'm doing? Putting your foot up on the booth? Yeah. I don't know. Did you do leg day today? Oh, uh, I did. I did yesterday. Oh, that's moving around. I don't yeah, think that's I don't good. think that's a good idea. I think no. I'll do this one instead. That's better. This is better. Yeah, no. Hey, Nate, do you I want will. a beer? I think I'm going to drink a beer. Uh-oh. Busted. I miss, I want, I like, I, well, I mean, it's just nice that I know that a little bit of soft African salsa is playing under this, but I can't hear any of it. Don't, don't do it too loud. It's not loud. It's like, uh, you know, quarter of the way. It's actually probably pretty loud. Well, don't cut it. Put your headphones on, see how loud it is. Yeah, it's loud. I, I bet you turn, will you will you turn it down to like one or two? Alright, fine. I like the African salsa, man. It's good. You can listen to it like if you have people over and you're and you're making food. Play the African salsa. It brings the people to get it brings everybody together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Look it up, guys. If you're on Spotify, African Salsa. It's a fantastic station. Is that how? Is that just a, do you know artists in particular that you listen to, or do you just know a station? At this point, I know the station, and I know a, a several of the songs. The songs, but not you, you're not familiar with no, the artists. No, no, I never look at. I never look at it. I just hear the songs, and, and like, I'll remember some of the words. Yeah, and I'll play it. Uh, I play it when I when I do seminars too. Weightlifting seminars, I'll do, I'll play it because it's just fun. It's good. People like it. Great stuff. I've, I've wondered how Spotify, like how, you, how we experience music on Spotify is so much different. There are so many songs that I just fucking love and I don't know the band. I don't know any of their other songs. I probably wouldn't even find because it. Because it comes up in a pre-curated playlist. And then, 
or, or like I'll hit a radio on on another song that I like. I'll be like, ooh, make a radio of this song. And then and then I'll find another song on that. And I'll be like, ooh, I like this song so much. I'll like it. And then when it comes up, when I'm... Oh, I never like anything. I'm so dumb. It'll come up and I'll just screenshot it because like, I'm going to remember this later. And I just have, have them all loaded the up in my button, phone. Motherfucker. Click the heart button. It's right there. I know. I just never utilize that Simple. feature. I know. People, people don't want to learn new technology. I just skip the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's all I know is I just skip it every time. Unpopular opinion. Red Hot Chili Peppers are overrated. I don't think that's unpopular. Really? Grateful Dead's overrated. Really? Red Hot Chili Peppers and the Grateful Dead are split because all their shit sounds the same. I don't... I mean, just like... It comes on and like these dudes in the bar or whatever, usually with some kind of tribal tattoo that'll get stoned. And same bass line. Every, dum, 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 dum. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Talented bassist. Doesn't matter which song it is. Sounds the same. Well, that actually, that, that last one, I can't, I don't stand behind that last impression that sounded a little more, uh, that didn't sound the way I wanted to sound. Do, can you do a CeeLo Green impression? CeeLo Green impression? Uh, I see you driving around town with the girl I love, and I'm like, forget you. Forget you too. You said forget you did the kid friendly version yeah that's how i like it you know i'm, I'm a pg guy you know we're uncensored on i know radio. i know 